There are just some things that cannot be unseen. Like, take a Serbian film, for example. <laughs> That's one of those things. Um, who would have thought that the most sick and twisted movie of all time also has one of the absolute best soundtracks of all time? I can't say that I, say as I noticed the soundtrack <laughs> of a Serbian film, yeah. mainly because of, uh, <laughs> you know, all the baby fucking. Yeah, that's well, there's more Serbian film music to come on the show. Uh, have, have you seen the film? Serbian film? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's nasty. It actually, I got angry at it. Did you? While watching it. Only because I was like, it's got, it got to the point where I'm like, this is just ex- exploitation for exploitation's sake. Totally. Like it is totally, like they're, they're just trying to see how far they can go. Yep. Which I, I guess I, res- you know, it's, yeah. it's fun as an exercise. Yeah. But it's also lazy. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Because it is a movie. That's what yeah. a lot of people forget when they're very sensitive about it. But once is enough, I think, when you watch that movie. And uh, to be honest, I think there's a little bit of an overreaction to it. I do think it's not as bad as people say it is as far as how extreme it is. I think a lot of it's in your mind. And look, and that's the thing. Look, I remember when that came out, mm-hmm. we couldn't get... We did try and get it, but it, we knew... I think Accent had it. Yeah. And they had submitted it to classification. They, they cut it. Three times, yeah. and it's got knocked back from classification every time. And we released a film called Life and Death of a Porno Gang, <laughs> which I remember thinking was much, actually much worse. Yeah, yeah. It just didn't have the rep. There are much worse films out there, but yeah, that one really <coughs> hit something, like, you know, in the zeitgeist. Yeah. And it was, it was, it's the film version of Two Girls, One Cup. Like, it, <laughs> it actually just yeah. reached mythical proportions yes. for whatever reason yes this is the other uh, podcast version of two girls one cup isn't it <laughs> really you think about it yeah <laughs> two boys one can <laughs> this is uh good movie monday that's what this is <laughs> welcome to the show can we change the name to two boys one can we can try see how far we, we get but that's we have to share headphones that's what it's two boys oh, one cans but you know with, with you know post-covid we can't we really can't share that, things no. without that'd be a lot of sanitizing wouldn't it it'd be weird this is not a sanitized show no no <laughs> Thanks for joining us. Uh, we are the podcast dedicated to nerdy cinematic ramblings. I'm Glenn with a raspy voice. The other guy's Ben Howie with a usual nice dulcet no, tone. <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay. <laughs> How are you? Smooth. Good, good. I'm good. How are you? Good, good. Things are going to get pretty nasty on today's show, Ben. We're looking to the darker side of cinema. All right, don't respond. That's all right. <laughs> the reason is because... I was like, hang on, isn't that what we always talk about? <laughs> well, the reason is because... Along with romantic comedy. Our special guests are the director and the production designer of Saw X, which is the latest gross-out installment of the Saw franchise. So I thought, you know, because... Which has actually seemingly been certified fresh. It's the highest rated I know for a fact. Of the, uh, I've film. seen the film and it is definitely the best of the sequels for a long time. Like, they kind of went off rails for a while and just... Became pretty silly. I mean, you know, you knew it was going off track when they let uh, Chris Rock wear an earring. Oh my god, that was the the, the most torturous thing about His it. His installment had so much promise. I thought, you know, because yeah. it, it pitched itself as a spin-off and it was going to be like a new direction. It looked in the trailer like a procedural film, like we're going to have a seven type of movie yeah. where looking at the saw crimes from the police point of view. Not, nah, it's just another saw movie, but this one 
definitely back on track. We'll talk about it in a little bit. Um, what else we got coming on the show? The Boneheads, Bonehead Weekly Podcast. They're going to come it. up through their fun size segment. Jarrett as well is going to be doing that. Um, lots of you know, gross and vile stuff in between, I'm sure, because I've got some you know nasty things to talk about. Um, and I will talk about them with you. Well, I believe you're going to kick us off with some party tricks to lighten the, the spirits, yeah? Dick tricks, Glenn. I told you, uh. dick tricks. <laughs> the hamburger. <laughs> the parasail. <laughs> The cheeseburger, I just, I just which wanted, is different I, to the hamburger. <laughs> I just wanted to uh, to see where you'd go with that. Like, <laughs> I was not disappointed at all, which is good. Hey, interesting um, fact was, you know, you were just real, reeling off some... The wristwatch? Yeah, so. so you're reeling off tricks from, you know, um, puppetry of the penis, right? Yeah. Puppetry of the penis started at my brother's football club, the yeah, North right. Ringwood Football Club. That does not surprise me that Puppetry of the Penis began at a football club. Simon Molly was one of the team team guys there and the talent night and look what he look what he made of it. It's like all the guy it's just, you know, from hanging out in the showers. And yet my brother does a talent night and ends up on a current affair. So you know. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. I guess it's all about who your sidekick is. Yes, yes. But we do have a good show. I mean, you're my sidekick and you know, you don't disappoint. I, I like we still that. haven't had a current affair knocking yet. That's yeah. <laughs> That's not what the ladies say, Glenn. Do you want to tell the people where to go? Goodmoviemonday.com. Exactly. And from there, you can get your, your fix on everything we do. Videos, whatnot. All the links to our social media accounts are there. Our uh, <laughs> sorted histories. It's the, uh, it's the obligatory, as I call it. Let's get the, that uh, out of the way. <laughs> yeah, A good podcast should tell people where to go. Yeah. Like yeah. jump off a cliff, you know. <laughs> That's where I thought you'd take it when I asked, yeah. but you know, no, you're professional. Go straight to hell, you <laughs> bastards. <laughs> hey, before we um we do the whole Jarrett thing in a few minutes, we need to we need to circle back to last week's episode because we had a discussion about Murder She Wrote, the new movie, and we talked about potential oh. actresses that would be good in the role of Jessica Fletcher. I put that question to our listeners, oh, and we've got some responses. Lovely. Would you like to hear them? I would love to hear them. Okay, so I'm going to name these people. They've put it on our page. I can do that. Ryan Kendall, you know. Mutual friend of ours. He reckons Miriam Margulies, and I think that's a horrendous idea. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, Ryan. <laughs> She'd be a potty mouth, Jessica Fletcher. I mean, that would be great. But, uh, you know, since her recent comments about... Uh, who was it? Who did she come out about? Oh, Steve Martin. Steve and Martin. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, fuck off. She's just selling she's a lost, book. lost all... Uh, yeah. <laughs> That's all it is. Lost Whenever these comments come out, you realize like the next day you find out they're they're plugging a book, and yeah. it's like, well, who are you going to throw under the bus to sell this? Yeah, it's pretty rank. But then he comes out, you know, revealing that he's produced a new Australian film about Indigenous art in the middle of Australia. Like, fuck you, Miriam. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Drew Brown, who also happens to be the director of the Suicide Theory, a film that Jared and I particularly love, he suggested Jamie Lee Curtis or Catherine O'Hara. That's an interesting... I mean, Jamie Lee yeah. Curtis, another one. No. No, thanks. <laughs> I can <laughs> do without because her. Because you hate her now. Yeah, that's right. She can you know, not be in anything. I'll be happy. Yeah. Catherine O'Hara. She'd have to ditch that really thick Canadian accent. Yeah. I reckon. Yeah. But She'd be quirky. I, I can kind of see it. But you kind of like... I feel like you like now we, we would really be looking at the Hallmark... You know, yeah. like Laurie Lachlan. Who's got a Who's got a Hallmark series? <laughs> yeah. Who was on, Who was spent That's... twenty years in training on a Days of Our Lives? <laughs> yeah. But it's interesting too because I think we get caught up in the actor themselves, and you forget that yeah. they 
they become characters. They, be, they play a character, yeah. Yeah. Um, so we had um, oh, James Thomas from the Bonehead uh, podcast, Bonehead Weekly. Hang on, James listens to the show? Yeah, well, he, he saw that post on the socials. <laughs> <laughs> You're thinking of Chad. Yeah, I, I know. Well, no, I know Chad actually well, That's listens. what I mean. <laughs> I'm surprised that James does. So James suggested doing a prequel instead with Christina Ricci. Well, okay, I'd watch it. Like, isn't that what Black's, Black Snake Moan is? <laughs> yeah, Jessica Fletcher, the early years. <laughs> That'll be, that's what it's called? Yeah. <laughs> that's the subtitle of Black Snake Moan. Here's the second worst uh, suggestion. Sorry, um, Rory Noak. <laughs> <laughs> Rory? Yeah. Filmmaker Rory Noak. Filmmaker and podcast studio extraordinaire. Yeah. He has his own podcast studio in Adelaide. He suggested Meryl Streep. Go fuck yourself, Rory. <laughs> <laughs> like these are big names. It's like I mean, Julianne Moore technically is the right age. You said that last week, and Annette Benning also. Yeah, you the said right that age. last week too. Annette Benning would be all right. Yeah, I reckon. Um, she annoys me a little bit, but I, I, I guess, yeah. yeah. <laughs> she can't, like it depends like which Annette Benning it is. Yeah, Brenton <laughs> Riley suggested Emma Thompson. Yeah, I think we talked. I think we mentioned her on the show. I suggested her last week. Yeah, um, yeah and she she'd be quite good too. It's more of a British thing. Why don't we just do a, a gender swap and have like George Clooney as uh, Jake Fletcher, mystery writer and crime solver? <laughs> well, speaking of a gender swap, <laughs> uh, Mr. Glenn Triggs, another filmmaker, he suggested Will Smith in brackets. Although I think Melissa McCarthy will get it. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I mean Melissa McCarthy's. A reasonable choice. Uh, what about? Um, I mean, <laughs> uh, what's her name? Uh, Lauren Graham. Lauren Graham. Who's that? The Gilmore Girls. All oh, right. Mum. Oh yes, I know who you mean. Um, yeah, maybe Molly Ringwald. Molly Ringwald would actually be oh, a good yeah, choice. She did um, Office Killer, which was very librarian type yeah. of character. Carol Kane, <laughs> who's, yes. who's now who's on Star Trek: Brave New Worlds or I whatever think that's, it is. That's the best suggestion yet. Yeah, Carol Kane would be an interesting yeah. choice. A kind of a quirky. Do you remember Victoria Jackson? Slightly insane. Yeah, <laughs> that'd be great. I mean, Leah Thompson would be good too. Yeah, she's got a. She's another one with her own uh, Hallmark spin-off series. Yeah, you're I don't right. know if she's. I can never. Which is the one that's? Uh, which are the ones that are in trouble for the uh, whole university? Oh yeah, Felicity uh, Huffman. Thing. Felicity Huffman, yeah. and it's and not Laurie, it's, it's Laurie Loughlin. Laurie Loughlin, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> And then last but not least, good old Cameron Doncaster oh, suggested this. Mariah Carey or Sam Newman. <laughs> Talk about opposite opposite. <laughs> I mean, Sam Newman's looking more like a woman these days, so yeah. <laughs> you never know. Could work. <laughs> I mean, it'd be a very insulting show. Yeah. <laughs> Mariah Carey, come off it. But, you know, look, I guess the other thing, though, is in the tradition of today's TV landscape, and I just happened to flick on, I thought, I've been watching. I've been watching a lot of the Last Ship. Yeah, I, ha- I haven't watched the series before. I've been kind of binge watching. But once you get four and a half seasons in, you need a palate cleanser. <laughs> and I told you I'd, I'd watch the Ipcris file yep. show. But before that, I tried. There's a new Robin Hood TV show, like it's, which is a British British show set in modern times. Sherwood Forest is a high rise apartment, like a like what are they like a like the, um, an estate, I think they yep. call them in the UK. Yeah. Yep. Like a, the projects, kind of like, yeah, a yeah, government, yeah. like a government housing. Yep. And they're the Robin Hood and her band of merry men are like a, a masked hip hop group <laughs> that steal from the rich. 
oh. give to the poor somehow. Okay, sounds more like a Mel Brooks production. It's a it's a weird. <laughs> Mel Brooks meets um. Attack the block. <laughs> so, so if they actually did murder, she wrote they probably would now. They would cast like a twenty something. Yeah, it'd be like uh, Veronica Mars. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, Speaking why not, of really? um, Robin Hood, did you read last week that tree that's in the valley that was immortalized in Robin Hood, Prince of Thieves? It's like on a brick wall and then a big tree in the middle. It's yep. been in lots of other movies. Apparently, been there since medieval times. Some sixteen-year-old hacked it down. Been charged for it too. Like a tree that's been standing there since, you know, fucking forever yeah. and just one foul swoop gone. How? I mean, it's a lot of work. What did you, I've seen the photos. It had to be a giant chainsaw. Like there is no other way to, you know, to get through it. It's a huge tree. What a piece of shit. Yep. Yep. Teenagers do stupid things. Fucking hell. Well, he's, he's under 16, so there's, there's no penalty, right? No, I don't know how it works over there, but anyway, I just thought I'd throw that in, a little uh, bit of bit of news for you. I mean, people. they always... <laughs> <laughs> they always do complain that uh, juvenile crime is a big problem because they know that there are very few consequences. And and ironically, if he goes to jail, they teach you woodwork skills. Yeah. So. <laughs> so, well, funnily enough, I've got a big stockpile of it at home. <laughs> Give me an N. Give me a... No, I'm not going to do that. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> what am I thinking? I was going to naturally spell Newsly, but um, yeah, that's lame. Uh, you already know what Newsly is anyway, so maybe I should just end the promo here. <laughs> and maybe there's some newbies listening too. So in that case, go to Newsly.me and download the Newsly app. It's a super app that has all of the podcasts that you love as well as all of the news from all around the world. Over 80 different countries, they take the highest trending articles at any given time, depending on your search criteria, and then they deliver it into the palm of your hand. And then they read the news back to you in a natural human voice. It's very, very handy for when you can't read. Maybe you're too lazy, maybe you're running, maybe you're driving. Whatever your circumstances are, Newsly has you covered, and they love us, and they've given us an exclusive code for all of our listeners who want to upgrade to their premium service and get a whole lot more just go to newsly.me, download the app upgrade and use the code MONDAY without the O-M-N-D-A-Y. Just go to newsly.me. All right. Do you want to come into this one yourself? Like, oh, i got nothing. I don't... <laughs> <laughs> I've only well, got the go. information. Done. <laughs> Done. How are you, mate? Good, guys. Very good. And you're both doing well? Yeah, you're except really for well. a bit of bloody hay fever at the back of my throat, which is fucking up. Everything I'm doing at the moment, because everything I do is on mic. <laughs> That's Melbourne for you, though. You can't have the beautiful weather without having some sort of side effect. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. That's all you got. <laughs> a little gargly. That's all. And without further ado, maybe I uh, move on to the home entertainment releases this week. <laughs> Why not? The Why first not? one is a banger, but I've got to tell you, I am a little disappointed because Roadshow have back-footed on their delivering a blu-ray component with some of their warner releases and unfortunately it's with a solid film this time around i mean they could have done it with any number of other movies but it's the exorcist it's coming out on 4k ultra hd it is a two disc set two 4k ultra hd but no blu-ray disc in there which means you don't get any of the documentary or featurettes or anything you strictly get the films, both cuts, the theatrical and the extended version, the version you've never seen, which we've all seen over the past 20 odd years and wish we hadn't. 
and you get the audio commentaries on both of those but unfortunately the fear of god all of that stuff is not going to be on this release initially they had pitched it as a three disc release and lord knows what happened and now we're stuck with this this substandard edition same as the us except the us get a digital code where they can access the extra content digitally so look if you're an exorcist fan i recommend probably picking up the uk release because that is a three disc set and i mean there is some gorgeous editions they've released with all number of extra stuff steel books lobby cards booklets and all sorts of things but anyway that one is out this week i mean the price point is pretty good though you can't you can't argue paying 30 bucks for it and look if you're already owner on dvd and blu-ray hold on to it for the special feature content is um does it contain the uh the uh ultra rare audition footage where william friedkin talk uh, us a 13 year old linda blair if she <laughs> masturbates <laughs> wow does that <laughs> does that exist ben that's his favorite story he talks about it wow like, he talked about it all the time but that's how she got the part because she's right. like yeah you know, do you mess me of course don't you that was her kind of retort. <laughs> that was her retort that's fantastic <laughs> that's, that's he said that's why he cast her then that's he amazing. gives her he gives her a crucifix <laughs> yes well it makes sense because i i do recall reading that you know he was looking for you know a child actor that was like an adult that you know would understand the depth of the material and yeah you know be able to do uh what she did and that and clearly it's probably her career best i would say i mean i love hell night and i love those movies but in terms of acting i don't think it got any better than that and then she shot one in queensland too didn't she around the time of blood moon yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> dead sleep was it something like that it was very similar to coma i think that weren't they you know the people were in coma states and they were harvesting the organs or something i don't oh, know i don't remember this one. Oh, she made a slasher like a kind of a like a psychotic slashery type movie with jerome ellers where she picks him up in a bar but he's been like killing women okay producing women and killing them i Bad. could be completely confusing it and that may in fact be the very <laughs> film well yeah. you know they need to seize the opportunity now and get repossessed out on blu-ray I know. Well, someone in the States was going to do it, and we assumed it was Vestron because they did the original home video release, and it it sits with Lionsgate, but I haven't heard any more news about that. Although, no, actually, I did. I think I might have seen something about Kina Lorber doing it because I know that they were able to sub-license a bunch of Lionsgate titles, so maybe it's them doing it. The amazing thing is that we I had this discussion with Umbrella. We had it all set to go, and then we saw the announcement the director put on saying he'd just recorded a commentary and done all this stuff. And so we're like, oh, well, if someone else is, is about to release it, we won't bother. And then it just still, didn't Still not out. And, I, <laughs> and at this rate, I don't know if we'll see it before year's end, which is a shame because you could be capitalising on the 50th anniversary of The yeah. Exorcist. I mean, next year's yeah. the 51st anniversary. Maybe maybe therein lies the novelty of doing the parody movie on well, maybe the 51st that's, anniversary maybe that's the the repossessed anniversary could very well be in fact because i think was it 1989 so that would mark a 35th anniversary if it was 89 i remember seeing it, it at the drive-in when, a when it came out anniversary though like look anything's an anniversary in this day and age where there's <laughs> always a threat of a dwindling physical media market i think we could celebrate the 33rd anniversary of films at this point i love that possibly that, even the sixth anniversary i love that that director probably just for his own shits and giggles recorded his own audio commentary and had actually not signed any 
anything, you know, just true, just to try and spark <laughs> yeah. interest in getting the movie released. Yeah. Okay, so that's that's out from Roadshow this week from the Warner catalog. Another title which I typically wouldn't mention because it is that that inferior format DVD, but I feel the need to mention it is that Icon are releasing Sound of Freedom on DVD, which is a pretty swift release from theaters to DVD. And I still think it'll stick around in theaters for a little while yet because it's got a lot of support. Yeah. And I'm curious to check it out myself. I Same might just wait to. for streaming because then I can watch it in HD anyway. Yeah. Odd that they're not doing a Blu-ray given that, you know, the kind of content, but it is Icon. They've scaled back operations completely, rarely do any kind of releases. So it's good to see that it is in fact getting a physical release in any form even if it is that inferior format moving yeah. on to madman madman's got some great releases this week they're doing the shin ultraman live action movie that's coming out on dvd and blu-ray and if it does anything like shin godzilla did uh it should do the numbers and hopefully means we might get to see some more uh asian cinema on home entertainment from madman because it's been a, it's been a while what does shin mean i don't know I don't know. I should have Googled it because I had the very same thought, but I did not do it. I felt like it was just almost putting like a super in front of something. Yeah, right. Know, just, just to make it sound even better. Now we just amazing. look like stupid bloody Westerners. We do, we do. But uh, look, we'll no doubt check it out in good time and we'll come to understand it. Maybe we'll just Google it. Just Google uh, it now. <laughs> an another release that's coming out from Mad Men, another one I'm very keen to check out. This is a new Nicolas Cage one titled The Retirement Plan. I don't know if you gents saw this trailer, but it looked like a lot of fun. It's it's very DTV, but it does look great. It's got Nick Cage doning the long hair, and he looks kind of like a little bit like his character from Con Air with the long hair, uh, but he's basically like a washed up, uh, I think he's a washed up hitman or something of that nature. But anyway, it looks fantastic. That's coming out in DVD and Blu-ray, and it's good that they're doing Blu-ray Madman supporting doing these kind of action movies and particularly doing cage movies because cage sells and you know it doesn't matter what he does like i mean for every b movie he does which he's done quite a few recently he has something like dream scenario which is getting released in the u.s in theaters in november which looks amazing it looks like a michelle gondry type of movie uh so yeah but the retirement van, uh, plan looks at least a bit of fun and then the last distributor I'll mention that's releasing titles this week on home entertainment, and I'll only mention one title, that's Umbrella Entertainment, and they're releasing Godless, the Enfield Experiment on DVD and Blu-ray. Now, rather curiously, JB aren't listing the Blu-ray on their website for pre-order. The other retailers, such as Sanity and Easy DVD are, and of course, Umbrella Entertainment have an exclusive collector's edition of it as well, which has some really slick packaging. Uh, I haven't seen the final cut of this movie. I saw a working cut of it maybe over a year ago when it had a different title in God's Care. And it has some really strong performances and it's it's definitely kind of situated on the more dramatic horror than the, you know, sort of shock element. And I mean, it's good timing releasing it this week given that The Exorcist is coming out because mm. this is a um, possession film or supposed possession. Uh, but it's actually a pretty cool film and it's good to see Dan Ewing play uh, like a dramatic role, not just play, you know, an action kind of hero or a goofy character or um, a surfer for that matter. And speaking of exorcisms and exorcists, did you notice there was a new trailer for The Asylum's new film, The Exorcists? I did see that. It's got I Doug did Bradley see... as The Exorcist. Oh man, I haven't watched the trailer, but I did see it pop up and I'm like, yeah. oh my God. Doug Bradley's perfect. Timing's amazing. 
Like, I mean, yeah, it, it, it feels like... It the Exorcist Pope. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But yeah, but I, I think, you know, I farts have made louder sounds than that movie did. So <laughs> I, everyone would be looking Especially at it going, Ben's. what is this a parody of? Is this a mockbuster of something? Uh, yeah. But yeah, it's interesting because there's a Apple series that's about to launch a, you know, docu-series, uh, The Enfield Haunting, which I feel like I've not only seen a film about this, yeah. I've seen a documentary about this already. The Conjuring 2 covered this and now there's another docu-series. But considering it's Apple Plus and their production value, I'll definitely check it out. But everything's capitalizing on The Exorcist 50th anniversary and the theatrical release of The Exorcist Believer at this point yep. in time. Hey, just to, uh, to backtrack, Shin uh, in the Japanese films means new. New. Oh, yep. that's pretty lame, isn't new it? Godzilla. Really? Um, new Godzilla. New yeah, Ultraman. It means it's got two definitions. True is the one that applies to what we're talking about and God is the other application. Okay, well, there you go. I mean, it's a shame that they didn't put Exorcist or Demonic Possession in front of it, and they could have capitalised on the Exorcist 50th anniversary also. Well, you still, we're still waiting for Shin Exorcist, so, you know. Oh, true, exactly, yeah. exactly. <laughs> anyway, gentlemen, that's all the home entertainment releases this week. I have no news for you because it's been a bumper week. There is quite a few other titles coming out this week, but they are on the inferior format, so let's face it, they're just not worth talking about. <laughs> okay, I guess. <laughs> Although we did just last week, we did announce uh, MonsterFest, uh, just an or Umbrella, I guess, announced the new uh, MonsterFest presents. Uh, yes, of course. Creator, yes, uh, yes. Which will be out in no in uh, December, I believe, this year. Volume two in the uh, MonsterFest presents series, and it's really stacked edition. And again, Umbrella have an exclusive collector's edition on their website with a reversible A3 poster and magnificent slipcover as well. Who did the who did the design of the slipcover artwork, Ben? Uh, that was a uh, stand-up comedian extraordinaire, Matt O'Neill. Yeah, <laughs> it's it's terrific, and the reversal poster has the original the uh, like key art for it that Daniel J. Cross did, or Den Daniel Daniel J. Cross, and then the reverse is the Matt O'Neill art, and it's the expanded slipcover art. It looks really great. It's a real sort of throwback to, I guess, eighties kind of horror. And then there's one other release since we did mention Umbrella that he's been announced for December and it's George A. Romero's Monkey Shines yeah. is getting a Blu-ray release locally and it's it's got it's again it's got some great special features it's got a commentary track with Romero it's got a documentary it's got deleted scenes an alternate ending might even have a trailer lo and behold but there's a collector's edition too that has a accompanying booklet that uh, has writings by Lee Gambon and this guy, I wrote an essay on Orion Pictures. So that's in that collector's edition. So it's definitely worth pre-ordering. And I don't know what the other business is. It's got some art cards and a poster or something like that, Ben. I, it does have, um, it does have, um, I want to say original lobby cards, uh, the art cards are the original lobby cards, but they uh, they didn't quite fit properly. So it's a, a, it's a variation of the original lobby card. Oh, there you go um unique uh, unique yeah they're so they're the they're unique uh art cards lobby cards uh and um i forgot to tell you though with, with your essay oh no they did make me change one one line about oh that's all right the the hand because uh <laughs> believe in the essay you basically said it uh it uh it did horrible at the box office and horrible horrible critically but it did get uh, michael kane a new uh 
Yes. New garage, which they, they let me keep in the garage part. I just had to say, uh, I just had to say like it uh, wasn't like something like it wasn't met with the strongest box office. Or <laughs> I had to soften it. They made me soften it a little. Just that one line. That's understandable. Look, that's, that's, that's fair. Because I, when I wrote it, I was kind of like, oh. I mean, Orion were never terribly successful. They had a couple, yeah. you know, successes, but it was never enough to save the ship from sinking. But you know what? The so beauty, it, the beauty of this is, it's out there now. The yeah, well, that's it. That's it. <laughs> this is the oral history right here. So you, because I, you, normally I wouldn't say anything like this, but the draconian measures that I've had to go through on these releases means that, like, I can't, I can't say it in the release. I can't mention things that they're like the amount. Oh, just the the amount of going backwards and forwards with the uh with the reps over things like spaces between people's names and whoa stuff like that it has been i've never i've never had this kind of uh nitpicking on the plus side i don't really need to qc the material because they've done it all for me <laughs> <laughs> uh, great <laughs> uh, and the amount of copyright i've never had to use this many copyright symbols on uh and I think, oh, that's that was the other change they, they made me do is that because you said Oscar, I had to trademark the Oscar. Oh, you're kidding. I always whole... hate when I see that. And I always yeah. like, yeah. The whole thing. That's hilarious. This. Wow. Incredible. I know that this Oscar is trademarked. Like, I don't think anyone's going to. No. <laughs> yeah, that's right. right. If, it, if, it slips out, if it slips out in a, in, a, in a review, does it mean that it, Oscar enters the public domain? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. No one's going to be cutting their grass, that's for sure. <laughs> anyway, gentlemen, that's it for me this week. So until next time, stay physical. Stay physical. <laughs> so a few weeks ago, I was talking to Chloe on the uh, Wednesday up late, and I mentioned torture porn. I'm um, trying to get her into some horrors, and she said that she loves. Trying to get her into torture porn. She, she said that she loves gore, and I said, "Well, you're a horror fan after all. You just don't know what kind of horror you're into." And I suggested all these types. And when I said torture porn, her brain immediately went to the other kind of porn. Porn. Yeah, like <laughs> nasty whips and fucking shit like that. But no, but torture porn. Actually, that's bondage. That's a completely respectable form of pornography. Chloe. Torture porn is, um, you know, Saw is the movie I guess that gave us the term torture porn. <laughs> Was and it Saw? I believe was so. That first, I was, or was looking hostel first. Uh, I Ooh. think the phrase was coined first from Saw, and right. it was probably attributed to Hostel. I mean, it was one particular journalist that that coined the phrase. It is quite possible that Saw was before Hostel. I, oh I yeah, for sure. Ever. I think it might have been. Yeah. Uh, two thousand and four was Saw, so Hostel maybe two thousand six. I don't know, but essentially, torture porn is what we used to call video nasties. It's yep. like a modern day video nasty. And just in case well, people listening are not, you know, your traditional horror fans and don't even know either term, um, do you want to explain a video nasty? Well, video nasties came out of the UK. They were films that the I can't remember the name of the board. Yeah. That decided it was all led by this by this woman. Yeah. That they decided it was against the public interest to allow children. Yeah. Well anyone. By, by children <laughs> yeah. they meant anyone. Yeah. To watch these films, and I think there were, I don't know, I feel like there was. There's about forty or fifty films, I think, on that list. Yep. Some memory. were prosecuted, some weren't. Like they took these filmmakers to court. And, you know. uh, they took, they did it to um to uh, what's his name for Cannibal Holocaust. Yes. Because of the animal stuff, and mm -hmm. then there's a. They thought that you know there were rumors going around that pe that 
that actually had killed. Yes, but there is know, a list of like, films the, that were. The reality is Apocalypse Now, who wasn't on that list, they actually killed people. Yeah, that's right. That's fine. That was a Hollywood <laughs> film. There is a list of films that were successfully prosecuted and then ones that they tried to but didn't. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so that is. And, and torture porn essentially is now movies where obviously people are tortured, violence is excessive and gratuitous just for the sake of giving audiences the thrill of gratuitous violence. Like, it doesn't have a purpose other than to, to get you up in a horror sense. Yeah, like, it's all, it's all like, it's gore for gore's sake rather yeah. than... So, some yeah, some famous uh, video nasties from the 70s. You've got Driller Killer, uh, as you said, Cannibal Holocaust, Toolbox Murders, Last House on the Left, they're sort of... Evil Dead. Classic. Evil yep. Dead was one. Yeah, even, which is, in comparison, more mainstream, for sure. Yeah. And then Torture Porn, you've got Hostile Saw, Captivity... Serbian film we talked about before so that gives people that aren't horror fans listening an idea of what we're talking yeah. about here and that was funnily enough it was a lot of them in the UK were released by Palace Films yeah. who had the Australian offshoot yep Palace who were who, who, who I don't they, there was money involved but I don't know how much more than that yep but they um, they also had they had their Palace Explosive label I don't think know if they actually released People out there will know and they'll condemn me for not knowing. <laughs> but I think, I'm not sure if some of those films on the Palace Explosive label were official video nasties. There is a, a fantastic doco called Video Nasties, mm-hmm. directed by Jake West, that um, X Film have available, I think, on their website and stuff. It's a two disc yeah, weird. box set. Is that available fantastic. anywhere like streaming or anything? I don't know if uh, Leon has it streaming, but I know, look, if you go to the X, EX Film, yeah. X Film website, It'll tell you there if, they're, if awesome. they are. Funnily enough, coincidentally, Jake West has a new film called Mancunian Man that's playing <laughs> uh-huh. at uh, Monsterfest uh, this year. And that's a fascinating documentary about this uh, this guy. Who's <laughs> they describe it. Uh, uh, bouncer, writer, action star, <laughs> director. He was this, uh, yeah, the most prolific 80s filmmaker that uh, Manchester has ever produced. <laughs> Uh, cool, I have to add that to my list. But um, he's a tuxedo warrior. That was his first. <laughs> he wrote a book called Tuxedo Warrior because he's a bouncer. Yeah, yeah. And then they optioned it to make it for a film, and they gave him a bit part. And then he was like, "Hang on, I could do this." So then he started making his own <laughs> films. Love and the, that. The, the documentary is playing at Monsterfest. Definitely worth a check. Uh, check out. But that is Jake West. Awesome. Are you a fan of either genre, video <coughs> nasty or um? I guess they're genres. Oh, or, or yeah, I mean the video nasties. You know, take or leave it. There's there's some great ones in there, and there's some ones that you're like, "This is pretty shit." Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what the fuss is about, especially looking back on today's on today's thing. Like I told, I, like I told you, I think the only Saw film I have seen is Spiral. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so that, that kind of never really did it for me. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I did like Hostel, but yep. not enough. To, I really do need to go and watch Hostel too, which yeah. I, I've which heard is, is better. better. It's much better. Yeah, yeah. Um, and did you I ever saw Serbian film. Serbian film. Yeah. Um, I saw were, Life and Death of a Porto Gang. I mentioned Captivity before, Alicia Cuthbert, and that was directed. Yeah, that was directed that. by Roland Joffrey of all people. Yeah, right. So I weird. mean, I do like the new, the French Extreme. Yeah, well, yeah. Uh, I, there's a French film yeah. I was going to mention. Um, one of my favorite, I guess you'd say, torture porn movies is a French one called um, Seven Days, and that was from 2010. And so it's a, it's a bit like an Aussie version of Daddy's Little Girl. Yeah, I'm sorry, right. a, a French version of Daddy's Little Girl, which is the Aussie film. Um, I can't believe we mentioned a Chris Sun film. <laughs> which, uh, well, it's um, it's how you do it particularly well. Yeah. Seven Days, is, it's excellent. Oh, well, Chris Sun's one was ridiculous. Yeah, so it's a guy that you know, kidnaps the killer of his daughter and yeah. he just puts him through all kinds of hell. And it's fantastic. It's I mean, really look, it's a legitimate, like that kind of, th- you kind of think, like because death is so quick. 
yeah. and so permanent. Yeah. That it's it's not enough. Sometimes it's not enough. Like yeah, you want right. to see them mm-hmm. Yeah, you want to see them broken down. Yes. Um absolutely. Yeah. I'm going to talk to you a little bit about in a little bit about uh movies I watched recently that are very much like you know, just don't don't do it quickly like you know. Yeah. Get on with Take it. Your time. Some of my other favorite torture porns, Hostel 2, of course, Audition. I think that's an excellent one. That's an interesting one. Yeah. I I I I would. It would not have occurred to me to to label that a torture porn film. Yeah, but I guess it kind of is. It's just, it's nasty. It's just. It's it. Re, it's really <laughs> nasty. It's um. It's uh, it's uh. I don't want. I can't give it away. I can't give it away. Uh, the girl just imagine next door. what it is. I can't give away. The girl next door. And but no it's coming out soon in Australia. <laughs> not from someone. Like, who could it be? <laughs> uh-huh. But not the not the Alicia Cuthbert version. But there's another girl next door movie all about the true crime of the Jack Ketchum novel it's based on about the the mother that takes the, the niece and puts her in the basement and ha- invites all the neighborhood boys over yes, to yeah, like yeah. brutalize her and sodomize her and yeah and what about things like Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer I would count that as torture porn that's interesting right because I've been on a bit of a rabbit hole lately of um really dark dank kind of American films and definitely stuff like that. I just and um, what's that? Uh, that when we talked about it on the show when we actually did uh, Henry um, Henry two. <laughs> <laughs> no, the um, the one about the girl on the webcam. She meets the guy. Oh, and yes. The, um, um, somebody is missing or whatever. Is that what it was? Yeah. Uh, um, mm, I wish I could remember. To this day, it's still yes. like a, it's in, like it's you don't really see anything, but it's it. I kind of feel like it's the first desktop yes. horror film. So, um, was it last year or the year before? There was a documentary playing at Monster Fest all about found footage films, and yeah. that we and spoke to. We spoke it. to the filmmakers that made that doco, and they talked about this being their favorite <coughs> of them. You're right, though. It's like Madeline is missing, or something like that. Yeah, I think it starts with M. Um, while you're looking it up, another one I love is Good One Hundred Tears, which I've been I've been spruiking on this podcast long before we became Good Movie Monday back in the Fake Champ days. We screened it at Backlot. It's all about a clown that just goes on a massive sort of rampage massacre with a mallet and it's fantastic. So <laughs> check that one out. How are we going there? Uh, Megan is missing. Megan is missing. There we go. Did start with M. Yeah, all right. Yeah, that is, that's terrifying, that one. It is. And you kind of think, I mean, it actually isn't that gory or anything, really. No, it's, it it's, plays with your mind. It's, yeah. But then you've got things like Human Centipede, which yep. people kind of considered... Torture porn. Number two, particularly. Number two, number two, a hundred percent is. Number one isn't. No. Yet I, um, you had more of a reaction from number. We had more of a reaction from number one because it leaves it all so, in your mind. So Jarrett um, has a radio spot every week, and I listened to his most recent episode, and they were talking um, talking about mad scientist movies, and Human Centipede came up naturally. And the people that called in, like, it's amazing how many people really misunderstand the Human Centipede. Yeah. Like one guy calls in just saying like, oh, it's just really cheap B, B movie. Like, you know, but not, not, not comprehending the, the art behind it. The, yeah. you know, and number two is an art film. Yeah. Like it is not some cheap movie. It's, I mean, it's black and white. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it's got the Schindler's <laughs> List moment. Yeah. I love it yeah. because it's the shit splat. It, it's brown when <laughs> it hits the camera. Brown. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Not many people picked up on it though. No, because well, it's hard. It's hard because brown is yeah. <laughs> that dark brown is pretty monochromatic. <laughs> I do. It's I not like the. I love Human Centipede too, the way I love Hostel too. I think it's <coughs> you know the superior sequel. It's just I think there's a lot going on there. I enjoy I think, it. I actually do enjoy it. It is. I just it is like I, I think it's a very smart film. Mm. 
Um, but I do, I kind of have a soft spot for the first one. Yeah. Only because <laughs> it, he uh, completely left most of it up to your imagination, apart from knocking out some teeth, which you still see more graphic detail yep. in. You don't really see. You just you, like you literally spend twenty minutes watching people swallow. It's that's yeah. all. They, that's well, all. And, they're doing. and hearing them gulp. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's the old Texas Chainsaw like, Massacre thing, isn't it? Where you know people <coughs> think they saw stuff and they really and didn't. they really didn't. I remember um, reading. Uh, it might have been in the documentary that Toby Hooper really had trouble achieving an R rating. Like, and the classification board didn't know how to rate it because technically it's PG if you look at what's on screen. Yeah, but the tone of it is not. You know. That's anyway. why. That's why they invented. I know the Australian classification board. When I went up and did the training, <laughs> the censorship training. That's what they have themes for. Yeah, right. It's like if it doesn't fit into any of the other boxes. Yeah, themes. But it still shouldn't be for kids. Pop it in the themes. Adult themes. Adult themes. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I love that. Hey, Monster Fest or Monster Pictures, I should say, have released two torture porns that I've really enjoyed. So you did one called Sweatshop. Yes. I loved Sweatshop. That guy came up just recently. The guy who directed Sweatshop for some reason. That was a brutal movie, uh, and it, I kind of feel like that didn't get the the love it deserved, particularly from the horror mob. But Penance was the other one. That's the one where he cut. His, oh, he Penance. His, Penance, I should say. That's where he has his balls cut off. That's fucking yeah, with Graham McCarish. Yeah, I think we got in trouble for the cover. Oh, did you? Because there's literally oh, the, the guy blowing his brains yes, out. Yes, yes, I've got that cover. Uh, <laughs> Stacey Davidson directed it. What else did they do? Uh... You're in Theatre Bazaar. <laughs> maybe it's not the maybe it's not the director. Maybe it's the writer of a sweatshop that uh, came up recently. <laughs> Popped up on it's Ted Gahagan who did mm-hmm. who's done a bunch of who I've actually met who did that. Uh, I can't even remember that name. <laughs> We're on a roll. Uh, but but <laughs> the one with the ha- the one with the the house the the possessed house movie. Oh, uh, Morehouse. No, 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 no Australian no, one. It no. was an American one. Oh, he God. did it with um, with uh, I hate this reanimator woman. <laughs> yeah. Um, What's her name? Jesus. Yeah, Crampton. Barbara Crampton. Barbara Crampton. Yeah. yeah. But um, I'm trying to think of the house. The house. The 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 movie. You mean I have no fucking idea, uh, mate. Well, that <laughs> one's easier to find because I could just go to Ted Gagan. Uh, uh, we are still here. Ah, right. See, I believe this is everybody's favourite part of any show that we do. Yeah. This is the, I mean, in the <laughs> RN. Y- yelling Google. at the screen, yelling <laughs> at the radio going, it's this film, you idiots. Uh, is there anything, any other sort of uh, video nasties or torture <coughs> porn you want to touch upon before we uh, throw to uh, a song and then uh, our interview? No. <laughs> I mean, there's so many. Yeah. You, we, like, we could do a show on each one of them. Yeah, we'd have to prep for that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that's not what this show's about. <laughs> not anymore.
How good is this music, Ben? It's fantastic. I love it. You another love it. another beauty from a Serbian film. You know, we're not going to talk about the film, but we're going to play the music. You know what? I forgot. We didn't talk about when we were talking about video nasties and torture porn. Yes. We forgot category three films, which is the Hong Kong version or the, the Chinese version, both extreme sex and extreme ah, violence. Well, I did mention audition. You did. That's Japanese, but yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. That's not a category three. Itchy the killer, yes. or that's Japanese too. That's all. They're both Takeshi Mike. <laughs> <laughs> they are too. Uh, <laughs> uh, but yeah, what, I can't even remember the. But what's the uh, Ebola syndrome? And um, mm. do you remember that where the guy fucks the chicken with Ebola virus? <laughs> Full on. Uh, we Callum Waddell directed a, a pretty uh, interesting doco on category three films that we played at Monsterfest a couple of years ago as well. That was uh, fascinating. There's some. There's a, like I can't remember the name of the film, but it's the one with the 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 famous image of the girl, and from her elbow to the hands, it's all it's just bone. Yeah, because they stuck her hands in the acid, in the acid yeah. or whatever, and it's burnt it all off. And she, great stuff, great stuff. I think it's a girl. Yeah, um, I mean, splatter films kind of any splatter film kind of falls into the video nasties, really. Mm. Um, Do you remember that splatter movie that came out? It was a. I think it was a Showtime VHS. Called Splatter? Called Splatter, yeah, And it yeah. had an eyeball on the front? Yeah, yeah. That cover fascinated the shit out of me. Every video store I'd go into, and sometimes if we'd go on like a holiday up you know, New South Wales, I'd go into a video store and I'd look for the Splatter cover just yeah. to see if it's the same everywhere I go. It was a nasty cover. It's a, it's a nasty... Yeah. It's a nasty film. It's all about the special or, effects. Yeah. In, it's a documentary, essentially. <laughs> yeah, which is basically just an excuse for them to just put a... It's it's the YouTube of its day. As like, much it's, gross just, it's just a clip show. <laughs> as of gross much gross shit, shit as possible. Fuck yes, man. You're you're about the only person I would know, and maybe Jarrett, that I could say, Do you remember Splatter? <laughs> You'd know what I'm talking about. Oh my goodness. Um yeah, well anyway, let's um let's move on and talk about the, the Saw movies for a little bit. You've only seen Spiral. I've only seen Spiral. And I love look, I love Shawnee Smith. Yeah. <laughs> so you think I would have seen it? Yeah, right. But um see the first Saw, I, I do adore the first Saw because it's not like the rest. They became very you know, orientated on the torture, the devices, the the death traps. But the original was was a procedural film. It was like a a, a new seven, if you will, because you had Danny Glover as the cop investigating. Yeah. And it kind of flashed back between the investigation and the crimes taking place. And like, he was getting revenge, right? That's what... Uh, sp- uh, John Kramer slash Saw, is that what you mean? Yeah. Yeah, well, He's kind of... He's getting revenge on people out of... I mean, that's the whole point of the series. It's a morality always, thing. And like, and yeah. that's that's the, the only issue I have with this is how people respond to him as a killer. Like, you know, yeah, you go get them. But half the time, their crimes do not warrant, warrant what's, what's happening to them. <laughs> To be honest with you, I prefer the films of Neil Breen, where <laughs> the people who have committed these heinous crimes against society uh, kill themselves <laughs> out of remorse. <laughs> Whereas his one, like, they don't feel remorse. They only feel remorse because they're getting punished. Yeah, that's Whereas right. Whereas in the Neil Breen films, they, well, it's I mean, all government. And admittedly, in Neil Breen films, the, the villains are, are all members of the government. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, in the Saw movies, like John Kramer, Jigsaw Killer does give everyone a way out. Like, the sacrifice is, you know, you can survive this situation, but you have to lose an arm or you have to lose your eyes or something like that. You can get out of this alive or die. Yeah. And that's the whole gist. But it's um, not like he gives you anesthetic. No, 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 like no, no. Not at you all. You can, uh, you know, <laughs> it's, like that, it's like that classic conundrum, like, what would you rather do? Eat shit, fuck your mum. <laughs> You're like, well, neither, neither option is particularly appealing. <laughs> that's right. You well, die, cut your arm off. 
I can attest this this particular saw number ten saw X is pro- possibly the nastiest one. Like right. it's a really tough watch. I was shocked when it got an MA rating. What I saw at a previous screening was definitely an R rated film. So how that went down, I don't know. Did it get cut? I don't know. I haven't seen the theatrical. I mean, it's it's one of those kind of things where you where. I think the government bodies are slowly starting to realise that the internet renders yeah. the classification process. <laughs> it's pretty useless. Pretty useless. <laughs> but um, it's nasty. And look, in this chat uh, with uh, Kevin Grutert and Anthony Stabley, they didn't really want to reveal what the traps are. I did try to pick their brain about some of them, ask what their favourites were. But naturally, the, the film does evolve so that the traps are surprises. Yeah. Although the one I can give away, which is right at the opening, it's on all the marketing, it was in the trailer, the, <laughs> the, the vacuum's on the eyeball. Yeah, right. That is a nasty, nasty. Is it deputy? Is it happening to a deputy <laughs> doofy? <laughs> I told you not to come in while I'm vacuuming my eyeball. <laughs> but it is just one example of how nasty this this film gets. But anyway, let's have a have a listen to the chat, and then um, after that, the the boneheads can take over for a bit, and then we'll uh, we'll come back with recommendations. Hello, everyone. It's time to play a game. Kevin Anthony, um, pleasure to be chatting. How are you? Good, good. Nice to meet you. We're great, great. Um, brutal, brutal, bloody movie. Like, congratulations. I really think this one brings the franchise back to its roots. Thank you. So few great. people have seen it. We're just getting reactions, and so it's really nice to hear it from you. Thank you. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. And once upon a time, like um, a, a movie franchise, by the time it got to part four or five, would have gone straight to video. Um, let alone a, a horror movie, um, part 10. Like, what keeps the Saw franchise so popular, do you think, and beloved? I think um, it's, it's well, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of explanations, maybe. It's all, it's all kind of mysterious on the one hand, but there is just a, a creative commitment on the part of the team, whether they're, whether they're newcomers or people that have been around for a while, that really just want to get it right. And uh, Tobin Bell himself leads that charge I think and you know I would I would be embarrassed to go to Tobin with a script that didn't honor his work uh, maximally so um, it's 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 passion on the one hand yeah yeah so it didn't take much twisting of arms to get him and Shawnee back no they love Saw they love Saw <laughs> <laughs> and they know a good script when they see one yeah right um, look, I imagine it would be a lot of fun brainstorming different ways to, to butcher people and I bet the, the makeup and production designers and whatnot just salivate over every new setup. Is that the case? Uh, you know, from my standpoint, first of all, I do want to go back to the, the other why Saw is so popular. There's this idea of self-sacrifice, right? So think about that and uh, how many of us would be willing to do this to get that, you know? So we really have to think about it as an audience member in regards to the traps you know the traps are like a character on onto themselves um of course it's just so much fun to create these diabolical traps you know and the traps in saw x show no mercy they absolutely do not you know and there's some of the most intense moments in cinema history is the way i look at it we really reveled in the idea of taking from Mexican culture, some some ideas there, some ideas from uh, torturing devices that were part of the Spanish Inquisition or medieval times. We look at the factory, we wanted to infuse that into our traps. There's so much um, 
going into it because we have about eight different departments when we actually are shooting that are involved. And prior to that, you know, we are testing the, the traps. We tested each of these traps at least five to six times because we want to ensure that the actors are safe. It's a big, big part of it. So for Kevin and I, and working with the writers too, we just wanted to have fun. We want to make sure it's real. We're constantly talking to each other. It's like, is this, do you like this? Is this, is this, can we make this better? Is this a little too similar to something before? How can we make this unique? And when you look at the eye trap, I feel like that was really unique and probably one of the more iconic traps, uh, you know, in the Saw legacy, I hope. <laughs> it certainly was like and, and speaking of that particular trap but all of them is there like do you have a, your own wince um barometer that you you use to test your limits um <laughs> I, I mean i know i like it when i do wince <laughs> even in my own films then i know i'm doing something right because if i'm wincing somebody else is too yeah so, so i imagine yeah. like also being your own editor is a huge the ultimate autonomy i guess that does that make it easier for you to realize the visions well uh it, it definitely is um artistically but it, it's a huge challenge as well because uh directing a film is unbelievably hard and the you, you know the night you finish it feels like you've summited everest and mm -hmm. you know, you're walking on clouds and all that but then it's only a, a day or two later that you have to get to the hard work of going through the footage minute by minute and putting it together that's very hard to do by yourself and it's creatively very satisfying for me but i had i had a lot of despair along the way where i i, I loved what i got and i loved it as it was coming together but it was a, a huge amount of time pressure for me to do it a, a, as quickly as i did and uh you know it's it's tough it's just it's an endurance test it's a seven day a week thing for for many months yeah well the proof is in the pudding though it's like it's, it really is a really captivating and gruesome and um thrilling movie <laughs> like right. yeah I, i'm into oh, this dude. series i like it a lot okay good <laughs> so anthony Hello, like go on no, go ahead i was gonna no, say, i was just like... gonna say how fortunate we were very fortunate that kevin's background in editing you know that he had such a, a strong background in editing because we always felt like we knew what he wanted and, and he was very vocal and communicative and he he often would tell us what we don't need and what we need and i just think like we were just fortunate uh that kevin had all this history because this was my first soft film the same with nick our dp so it was really great um there was like a comfort level there for sure that's incredible yeah, that it was it was incredible it's your first film though on in the series i should say because you've really all of you have captured the the tone of the sort of the first couple of sequels which i thought was quite incredible uh, that was a very you. conscious goal and anthony did a great job and our dp nick matthews did a fantastic job as well yeah right um okay. so do you either of you have a favorite trap from this film well for me it's the second <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we can't really talk about it without spoiling yeah, no, it. Don't, but, don't, uh, yeah. but it's it comes at about the forty-eight minute mark, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> All right, enough said. But um, it's it's the culm it's the, it's the it's the culmination of a scene that um has a lot of monologuing from John that kind of sets the theme of mm. the story in place. So you probably know. 
happening. Yeah, yeah. So, so when you are actually conceiving all of these ideas, like what is a brainstorming session like? Are you throwing out some really, really disgusting ideas that don't make the page? Oh, sure. Yeah, it's it's hard. It's hard because you know it's one thing to think, uh, okay, if we're just making a serial killer movie and he's he's a brilliant sadist who likes to make people suffer, that seems gloriously easy compared to what we have to do because. It all has to work both in a story, but also in, in a jigsaw story where they, they do have to have some recognizable way out. Mm. Uh, as much as possible, we do want the nature of the trap itself to metaphorically relate to the, you know, the flaw or the crime of the, of the yep. subject that's inside the trap. Um, it has to be something that John Kramer himself could realistically build, you know, which over the course of the franchise we've had greater and lesser success you know and we're always trying to outdo the previous movies but without just getting bigger and bigger you know so i think that's another great thing about this film is that we scaled it back but there were there were really just so many components beyond just it'd be cool to kill a person this way yeah, that yeah. we have to consider mm, excellent well congratulations to both of you um i i do love the film i can't wait for everybody else to discover it and um and realize that, that saw is back it's yeah it's really right. it's on track thank you guys <laughs> thanks a lot great thank you so much thank you welcome to bonehead weekly fun size and this week we're bringing your most maniacal laugh in film history <laughs> 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 good there are so many good there are so many good evil laughs in cinema in movie history it's hard to pick just one in fact uh, i think we're going to do a whole yeah uh, i think we're going to do a full length segment on this now that we've we've talked about it but so there i have two favorites i won't mention one of them because i want to save it but the one who consistently just has the best laugh uh, and, and there's too many. This isn't the best one, but this is one I want to talk about for Bonehead Weekly Fun Size. Is Brad Dourif as Chucky? Yeah, he's on my list, man. He was he was in the top three. Brad Dourif is Chucky. I, I'm glad just, you said it, so I don't have to because I can go with my other one. Well, it just but it's there's a couple others that are better in like one scene in one movie, but buddy, I don't think over every single movie that, that it's Brad Dourif is Chucky. Yeah, I, I don't think there is a better one. <laughs> yeah, it'd be hard. Oh man. Um, so what inspired me to pick this stuff I heard uh today and I forgot how really good it is. It's Claude Rains in The Invisible Man. Yeah, it's cool. That movie's when he hilarious, goes, by the way. Huh? That movie's hilarious, by the way. It is. Uh <laughs> even though it he, has the highest body count yeah. of any of the universal films. Yeah. Um, he killed a bunch of people on a trip. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, no, he just goes full tilt loony. And delivers this laugh that I, up until this point, I'd forgotten all about it. And I just heard him laugh and I'm like, oh my God, this is the best maniacal laugh I've ever heard. And it was a tie between him and Brad Dourif. Uh, if you haven't heard his laugh, go watch In Invisible Man. And if you haven't seen The Invisible Man, seriously, what's wrong with you? I have an action figure that you can't see over here to the left. <laughs> well, of course it's an Invisible Man action figure. He's in the room with me right there. <laughs> So yeah, uh, I, I had to I had to pick Claude Rains, James. You know, I'm gonna go with a different direction. I'm gonna go with a comedic evil laugh, and I like this laugh because it becomes awkward, and that is Doctor Evil's laugh, <laughs> because it's not a great evil laugh, except it just keeps going until it becomes awkward, right? The, especially in the first film where they're all doing it. 
and it starts to slow down and then he goes oh and he does it again he starts it again and the entire hand motion everything it's not that it's that great of an evil laugh but it shows how awkward evil laughs would be in reality right because normally they'll do it and then it'll cut away or there'll be an action that interrupts it no dr evil has to awkwardly laugh until it just slowly dies down so dr evil is one of my favorite comedic evil laughs of all time that's been Bonehead Weekly Fun Size. <laughs> yeah, I can do better. No. Good. Thanks, Boneheads. You can listen to the Bonehead Weekly podcast everywhere you get podcasts. They're on all of the platforms like we are. And um, funny that they chose maniacal laughs in movies for this particular segment because my recommendation this week is a maniacal film. And I will I'll get to that in a second. <laughs> I had my mind, though, set on one particular film. I wanted to watch a movie for the first time. And I really had my all my chips in one basket, my eggs in one basket, that this was going to be fucking great. We're going to talk about it. And it was shit. So I'm not going to recommend it. But what I'm going to tell you is that before he made Sicario, uh, Hello High Water and Yellowstone, Taylor Sheridan made a fucking torture porn movie. Yeah, right. And it was called oh. Vile, made in 2011. Because horror is a good break-in genre. Well, it's rubbish. And <laughs> I mean, Vile, it should just be called shit. Um, and he's on the record talking about his involvement with that. He He's, he's doing a bloody um, James Cameron where he doesn't consider it to be his first film the way Cameron doesn't consider Piranha 2. Yeah, right. He considers Terminator. And he simply said that his filmmaking friends who would just come out of university were trying to make a film and they didn't know what to do. So he came in to save the project. But Right. It's, it's his Out of movie. the kindness of his heart. Yeah, he still put his name on it, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> At the time. At the time, he'll take the credit. So you can all avoid a vial, unless just for curiosity's sake, you want to know what he got up to before he became a fucking gazillionaire. Is it just him killing Kevin Costner? <laughs> over and over again. <laughs> but it's, it's, it's essentially um, a group of people that are just getting bumped off like so, like it's that kind yeah, of right. thing, but just not done particularly well. Anyway, but when I said maniacal, um, I'm going to recommend Maniac, the original. Because oh. I love Maniac. Um before, like I said to you, before this episode, I knew we were going to be talking about Video Nasty, so I went down this dive of dark, dank, New York type of movies, and um, only last night I watched The Exterminator 1 and 2. I wanted to quickly put them out there because Exterminator 1 is such a great film. I forgot how fucking good that is. <laughs> Do you like them? I've never seen them. Number two is pretty awful. That's the one that Canon came in and tried to do. That's the one I have. <laughs> I've got that on tape. It's not very good. It's got Mario Van Peebles. It's got a very young John Turturro. It's got um, a few other familiar faces. He's, what, he's wearing a motorcycle helmet and the f he's got a, a flamethrower, I think. Well, these are the posters. In, in the yeah. movies, he doesn't really like him. In number yeah. two, yes, he's got like the flamethrower gear and the helmet, but that was just because they realized there's got to be some kind of iconography going on here. Yeah. But the first one's essentially Death Wish, except ultra-violent. Right. And it starts off with like the money shot, like in Vietnam when you see a decapitation, it's the best decapitation I think I've ever seen. And then essentially it just moves into a revenge film. This guy you know, just goes out killing gangs, but he does it in the most disgusting, brutal ways. Perfect. And it is a it. good movie. I forgot how good it was. So I just wanted to bring those up. Um, I don't know if that was ever classed video nasty. Well, congratulations, Glenn. You've just done your first Ben Helwig, where you've uh, <laughs> talked about several films that aren't even your uh, recommendations. Okay, so how about Maniac? <laughs> <laughs> what was it, 1981? I think it was 1980, um, Maniac, which was um, William Lustig directed. I always found it funny that he directed Maniac Cop as well. Like, I'm like, yeah. is Maniac Cop a sequel? When that's I was younger, his, uh, I was like, is that, a, is that a sequel? Is it, I don't know. But, um, but Joe, Joe Spinell playing um, Frank Zito, serial killer, and... Um, this was lumped into Video Nasties, but never prosecuted. So that's the, yep. the backstory here. Put it on the DDP list. The plot follows this serial killer um, who kills women, mostly prostitutes, and then scalps them, and he puts the scalps on a collection of mannequins that he's got in his 
in his house or his apartment. The backstory was he's a, he was abused by his uh, prostitute mother, which is sort of revealed in the final act of the film. And I just I don't know what it is about this film. I think it is possibly uh, the most realistic slasher film. I think slasher yeah. films at that point were very teen orientated and kind of I guess sanitized and polished in the way they were the production value and whatnot. But this one was dank, grotty, and it felt real. Like it just but feels nasty. I always think like. Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer. Yep. The strength of Maniac is that he's so random in his victims. Like, you don't have yep. to have done... It's not like like most kind of horror films at the time or whatever it is, you know, where they're like, you're at the summer camp where this guy was tortured and that's he's just bumping off the kids at the camp. Yep. Or, yep. you know, he's attacking people in this, specific, in this specific house or whatever it is. He was just... Like, you don't have to have done anything. He just spotted you. Yep. They went, oh. I think that though, I think Maniac set a new standard too in the way these films were told. Like, I think Henry Portrait of a Serial Killer owes a debt of gratitude to Maniac. Yeah. Um, and a lot of serial killer movies I've seen since, even like the Dharma Netflix series, like, there's a lot of Maniac in that. Yeah. Um, and it, I think all of that too is owed to, um, to Joe Spinell, like his performance in this. He had been in things like um, he's in Godfather, he's in Rocky, yeah. playing very different kinds of characters. Yeah. Um, and this though, this is the only character now I ever attribute him to. Like <laughs> it's the only one I can see scenes of him strangling women and the camera's on his sweaty face and it's like in yeah. his eyes. He's are got the perfect in. like acne scarred yeah, he's, he's a, kind of face like, for it. With all you know, due respect, you know, the late great man, he's a vile looking creature in this film. He's yeah. a really disgusting looking man. And I just felt sorry for the actresses that had to like pash off with him and all that. Like he brings a prostitute to his room and they make out. And I'm like, that poor but actress. Everyone says he was a lovely guy. I bet he was. In real life, he was like a lovely guy. And you know, they, they made a, like a, a teaser trailer for number two. Then he died before they had a chance to make that. Yeah, right. Um, anyway, that's just. What did you think of the remake? Love the remake. And I love the remake because it's not a verbatim remake. Like they yeah. really took a whole different angle. It's not the same, um, same story, but. They've just yeah. found a way to tell a narrative in completely other new, new and um, yeah, uh, inventive way. Yeah, and the use of um, reflections in that because it's all told from a all point POV, of view yeah. of um, Elijah Wood, but and he much, much better than Hardcore Henry. Oh, fuck in terms yeah. of using that, and he was POV rigged style. up like he was rigged up with a camera to his body, you know, to move around and so body cam. And but yeah, but back like they could have used a GoPro now, yeah. but like back then, back then it was it a was rig, like a full rig, it was a rig, and he's a slight guy. But how clever every time, like, he, uh, he his reflection was caught in a moment. Like, that was all choreographed so carefully. I mean, like, admittedly, the best part about it is you don't have to look at his whatever stupid haircut he happens to have at the time. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> oh, have you seen the images of him from the upcoming to- Toxic Avenger remake? Like, he looks great. Yeah. He I looks mean, great. He's great. He's great in uh, Sin City, I thought. It's like perfect casting. Yeah, as totally. The, I, as I've got a lot of time. Him and Daniel Radcliffe, I've got a lot of time. Yeah. They do interesting things. You know, they, they broke that mold like you know, yeah. the Harry Potter and the Frodo mold's been broken and they're doing very cool R-rated yeah. gnarly things. But anyway, so there you go. Also should note that uh, Tom Savini did the makeup and he plays one of the, the murder victims in Maniac and the makeup's incredible. I actually, uh, actually emailed Tom Savini uh, and got a reply yesterday, oh, which is very nice. Oh, did you? Uh, sorry, I'll just stop for a second and pick up that name I just dropped. I'm going to go back and listen to my chat with Weird Paul and his uh, Tom Savini story. Oh, it's hilarious. Lovely. <laughs> I hope it's with Sex Machine rather than Tom Savini. <laughs> yeah. So what are you recommending? Well, uh, Torture me. I'm recommending a, <laughs> a torture porn of a different stripe. <laughs> and I actually, now that I'm thinking about it, I'm not sure if you haven't talked about this film before on the show. Okay. I'd be curious to see if you remember, uh, if you remember talking about it. It's 2006 Annapolis. 
Yes. Did you I talk about? I mean, um, you pro- I'm, I'm sure in the in Glenn style, you would have gone down a James Franco wormhole, uh, uh, wormhole, uh, black hole when he got uh, cancelled. <laughs> I did. <laughs> <laughs> it's not uh, that I like to support these people when they're being cancelled. It just puts me in a frame of mind to watch their to stuff. Watch their stuff like yeah. you know, this interesting work they've done. I haven't talked about this one, but I've talked about some of his films, his films particularly yeah. um whatever that. Uh, the really awful one with the incest and shit. Um, oh, the God of No Man. God of, yeah, or Son of No God. Yeah, something like Something that. Man like of No God's God. Country yeah, or whatever. Yeah. It's a nasty film. And yeah. yeah, yeah. That's almost a fucking torture porn. <laughs> <laughs> well, this one, this one, funnily enough, is directed by Justin Lin mm-hmm. uh, of uh, Better Luck Tomorrow and Fast and Furious. Yep. Some of the better Fast and Furious films and. Uh, and stuff. And it's basically, if you don't know what Annapolis is, Annapolis is the officer training school for the Navy in the US. Yep. And it's where they go, uh, you know, they only the best of the best get to train at Annapolis to become, uh, you know, officers. <laughs> um, There's a saw connection here. Is there? Yeah. Uh, and this film, so James Franco, it stars James Franco who, and he's the kind of a fish out of the water because there's also in... Where Annapolis is across the river from where the the academy is, are the big naval shipyards, and James Franco, uh, his his deceased mother was a naval officer, but his father is a shipbuilder and he works uh, on the docks and he's a horrible student, but he is pretty tenacious and he kind of somehow wrangles himself a spot. Yep. But you know, of course, he has personal issues that. Derail that you know his greatest strengths also derail him in the academy. He has to learn to overcome them. Mm-hmm. Uh, it also you know Jordana Brewster pops up. I was going to say there's there's like there's some Fast and Furious casting. Yes, this. Tyrese Gibson <laughs> yeah, is yeah. his like commanding officer slash worst enemy. Can you find uh, the saw connection? Uh, Donnie Wahlberg. I didn't know Donnie Wahlberg was in. He's the, the detective in number two, three, I think. Yeah, right. Yeah. Charles Napier pops up in this for like two <laughs> seconds. It must have been five minutes before he died. Yeah, right. Uh, but I'm proud to say, look, if you're a, if you're if you're a Jordana Brewster fan, this is uh, fringe Jordana Brewster. And if you if you know what I'm talking about, yeah, those people, <laughs> the people who know know. She bangs. She bangs. She's <laughs> Jordana Brewster, and not to be too sexist. But it's, this is an incredibly sexist thing to say. <laughs> but bangs Jordana Brewster, she's a 10 out of 10. <laughs> Forehead reveal Jordana Brewster, she's like a 7 if she's lucky. It's a weird it's a weird thing. It's, I feel like I'm Jerry Seinfeld with bad lighting on the porch. That's a horrible thing to say. It is a horrible thing to say. <laughs> but like you go back and you watch things like Debs. I'm not laughing with you. I'm laughing at, <laughs> at you. you. <laughs> you. I mean, yeah. But anyway. It's a weird film. I want to say it's a, it's a tough one to recommend. It is one of those. <laughs> it's a good thing you're recommending it. It is one of those kind of. It, it is one of those movies where I thought I'm surprised. Like it has you know studio attempted blockbuster all over it, but obviously the re- maybe the reviews weren't strong enough, so it didn't really hit. And over the poster here. was shit. It didn't help. Well, it was yeah. It's, it's always a floaty head type no, but, shit. Oh, but posters are supposed to sell a movie, man. Oh yeah, but the uh, this one is. <laughs> It's a poster of its time. Yeah, it's, yeah. I mean, it's hard to... The, I mean, the top image, the top part is the floaty heads of James Franco <laughs> and Tyrese Gibson. Easy sell. The bottom part, some steps at a building. 
it's it's not really, it's not like you know even battleship. Yeah. Yeah. At least Battleship had it's got the floaty heads at the top and then an exploding battleship on yeah. the bottom. That's right. You're like, oh, maybe I want to watch that. Then you're watching it. No, no, I don't. <laughs> it's like Hollywood on top, Asylum on bottom of that poster. But, yeah, but so so this, I mean, basically, this movie is is like a you know main guy ha- going through a tough school has to get out of his own way to achieve success. The problem is they do a lot of there's a lot of cool training sequences. And you know, you know me, I love a good training montage, but they. They 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 use it to identify his flaws, mm. but then he doesn't get to come back and prove that he's overcome them. All right, <laughs> at the end, yeah, yep. it all he 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 has all these problems, and then you kind of hear in the background that maybe he's like one of his bank his bunk mates gives him a set of headphones with the like books on tape to help him learn stuff. Mm. And then all the, all of those problems are solved. All oh, right, and then it just kind of devolves into this like a <laughs> boxing match. Weird. I haven't seen this one. It's an interesting. It's an interesting I know film. Of it. It, it's on Disney Plus. Yep. It is worth a watch. I am. I am recommending that you go and watch it. Yeah. It's one of those. It's a weird one because I would have thought. Yeah. That it, this would have been much bigger than it was. Well, look, I'm. I look. I'm, I want to uncancel James Franco. I just enjoy watching him. I enjoy his creative stuff. Like he directs, he writes, and I'm all on board. If it's if he's in it, I'm gonna go back and watch it regardless. Yeah. Um, good one, man. Not a torch porn or. <laughs> Video nasty. Yeah, I kind no. of really didn't think it through. No, <laughs> <laughs> it is. It's a it's a torture porn of a different stripe. As Speaking I said. of uh, not thinking it through, I haven't really sort of got away out of this episode, so we've pretty much reached the end, and that's about it. It's been Isn't that a, how we always end the show. Yeah, kind of. I usually have a few notes or that I can. Do you have a like stay physical no, type <laughs> thing that you end the show with? That I I'm mean, I can I, re- I can remind people to go to goodmoviemonday.com. No, that's I wouldn't bother. No, let's no, not do that. okay. <laughs> I won't even mention the socials because I can find those like there. Facebook, Instagram, no, or uh, not TikTok. It's not TikTok, worth it. Yeah, no, no there's not that. nothing else to really add. Only that all of the music from this episode were by. Uh, Sky Wickler, and that's from, of course, a Serbian film soundtrack. And so hit up, you know, Spotify and look that soundtrack up. It's fucking great. I'm shocked that it's on Spotify. Yeah, uh, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. And that's it, Ben. Another one. Fantastic. Thank you, sir. Thank you. I'll see you next week. Um, maybe we should just scoodle up and watch some torture porn. Let's do it. <laughs> I'll get the vast. <laughs>